One being contains infinite beings. More die and are reborn in each moment than we can fathom. Each life is a river with millions of branching streams. We must choose which stream to follow and abandon the rest. But what if you could glimpse the other streams, meet yourself from another path? Would you like what you saw? And what if their streams change the course of your own? Elderblade Productions. This is Echoes of Exesor. Season 3, Episode 8. Kalia. down before the entry gates of Prim, a village tucked away in the mountains of Roth. Crossing swords and fading screams filled the air behind her. Songwake's carriages circled the skies, vulture-like. Safe, I thought. They were supposed to take her someplace safe. But that was my hubris. Nowhere was safe from the Queen of Roth heir to the might of New Alzar. I was a fool to think she wouldn't fight her. And for that foolishness, Quinn paid the price. I sped up the road, tearing through Marathian soldiers with every step. My vision was a tapestry of weapons. Axes, arrows, swords, and shields. Like the legion fangs of a hydra, they came at me. None of it mattered. Only Quinn's lifeless body on an empty patch of road, sunlight gilding her fresh blood as if to highlight my failure. The thought numbed me to pain, to fear, to the waves of soldiers overwhelming me. I tore my own body to shreds, trading bone, muscle, and mind to stab, slam, and crush my way through the line. I couldn't protect her. But I would fight every god, living or dead, to face her one more time. I owed her that much. My body tumbled. A stone slick with blood skewed my foot, and I collapsed. The soldier who would have been my next victim saw her opportunity. She raised her steel-plated foot and brought it slamming down on my head. Or she would have, if not for a timely crossbow bolt from above, landing in between her shoulder blades. Her body crumbled, clearing my view of the skies. Storm Dreamer and Merryweather soared overhead, picking off my opposition one by one. I stood up, waving my sword at them in thanks. Merryweather waved back, just as a tendril of purple-black energy lanced the side of her torso. I screamed as the kicktay collided with the ground several yards away. 
Warbling air oppressed our ears as several Queen's Guard cleared the village ramparts aboard their floating carriages. Alzarian rifles charged in their hands. Stormdreamer yelled at me to keep going as he swooped into the salamander's aid. Another blast, like the finger of an elder god, struck Stormdreamer from the sky. He slammed into the mountainside. As if angered by the blow, a fleet of stones awakened from above. Faster than I could blink, the stone slammed down on its body, silencing his song forever. Two more dead friends. Two more scars on my soul. My heart bursts from the guilt. Tears blurred my vision, and pain alone propelled me forward. Free from the blockade, I closed in on Quinn faster than I was prepared for. Seeing her up close tightened my throat filled my lungs with burning coals. I had to reach her. I had to tell her I was sorry. For Isolde. For the war. For never telling her how I felt about... Ah! A clean cut. Like a sparrow nipping at a caterpillar from a tree branch. The dagger came from an upturned cart on my periphery. The cold tip of the blade needled my heart. draining out of me, I fell mere feet away from where Quinn lay. The gold-plated boot kicked the side of my face, forcing me to look away from Quinn, up at my attacker. The lady had a songbook of wrath. Brown eyes wreathed in fire gazed down at me, her onyx black hair swallowing her face like an infinite void. I am sorry, Claude Von Der. She cooed, wrenching the dagger out of my ribs. She held it up for the killing blow. When she spoke again, her voice shifted, and I heard the dulcet tones of a pipa in the air. This is where your story ends. She drove the dagger into my heart, and I woke up. Memories of the battlefield faded as reality came into view. I was in a shack in the middle of the Mother Toad swamp on the Isle of Ranta. A nearby hearth fire crackled. Crickets and frogs chirped outside, blissfully unaware of the dealings of us kindred. Vostri was seated in an armchair across from me on the other side of the hearth. She sipped a cup of tea, Pipa idling on her lap. From somewhere behind me I heard the slow, contemplative spread of a paintbrush on an easel. Akira was painting something, I surmised. I could not confirm it, as my head, along with every part of my body, was frozen still in the center of the room. Gaz and Igneous were nowhere to be found. I assumed it was dark out, though it was cold enough in the toad to warrant a fire in daylight as well. Yet neither of them were here. As soon as I regained my bearings, I tried to quiet my mind, reach out in connection with them. 
nothing. After a moment, a subtle, dry laugh from beyond the fire broke my concentration. You are no stranger to torment, are you, Von Der? Vastri remarked, setting her teacup down on the table beside her. No sooner do you wake, but you are searching for your next move. It is admirable. Vostri plucked a single string on the pipa. I felt the invisible hold loosen around my mouth. She was, ever so graciously, allowing me to speak. I floundered for what to say. My instinct told me to parlay try to drive away her fright in the shade and free myself. But she would surely freeze me again before I got the invocation out. Besides, after what I'd just seen, I simply had to know. What was that? I demanded. My voice was shakier than I wanted it to be. Though clearly an illusion in hindsight, Whatever I'd just been through impacted my body and mind like it was real. What did you show me? Your future, Fostry answered simply. One of them, anyway. Each of our lives is a river, with many streams of possibility branching off. Over time, some streams are choked off while others gather in size and speed, becoming great lakes, falls, and even seas. Most of us never see the streams, and thus are doomed to walk a single path. The river is frozen for so many. But my kin melts the river, guides you down whichever path is open. And as the river flows, you feel it flow through you. Live every experience as if it has already come to pass. But I am sure I don't need to tell you that part, do I? If I could have in that moment, I would have shuddered. It was true. Had I not known better, I would have sworn what I'd just seen was in my past. Raw ache filled the space between my ribs where the dagger had landed. And the sight of my friends dying. Even now, it was hard to believe it hadn't been real. I'd dealt with kindred who could alter reality before, but this was unlike anything I'd experienced. Truly a masterwork from the God of Eternity. Such power could drive a person mad. Indeed, I suspected that was Vostri's very intention. I snorted at her. Waste. Her expression, one of gentle amusement, remained fixed, as solid as the frozen river itself. Care to elaborate? You could help so many people with this power, I noted. Show them visions of hope, prosperity, a way forward out of despair. 
Instead, you're out here, torturing some poor bastard in a dingy swamp. Seems wasteful, if you ask me. I think it's a wonderful idea, sneered my own voice from behind me. Akira, Vostri chided. The mimicking voice fell silent. Vostri slid her fingers down the strings of the pipa, thoughtfully. Linvarian has asked much of his circle. Our frights take from us almost as much as they give. Do you know what it's like to see time itself? Raw and unvarnished. I can see every possibility splintering off every moment, like so many shards of glass. There's a stream in which you kill me, not long from now, and another where I simply slip on a vine and crack my head on a stone. I cannot predict everything. The shards get clearer the closer they get. My every move must be precise, like the notes I play. It takes a toll, Vondair. If not for this, her crone-like hands gripped the peepa's tight neck, I would have been lost to madness long ago. Then why do it? Why serve a god who torments you? Why did you serve the ebon mist? Her fog-gray eyes pounced on me. Why do any of us make our pacts, Vondair? He offered something that I needed. Vostri rose, her black robe sliding across the floorboards like a pillar of night. Cradling the pipa in her hands, she plucked a single string. There was a flash of light. And a moment later, I saw two glowing, spectral forms in the center of the room. One was Vostri, a projection. The real Vostri watched it from her side of the hearth fire. The second was an image of a middle-aged woman. Brown hair with streaks of white. Light blue eyes on the edge of going gray. A long face with many creases, nonetheless wearing a huge smile. She ran into the room and embraced Vostri's specter. It didn't take long for me to work it out. Your daughter. Vostri nodded. Our family was on a merchant vessel, bound for wool. We were to start a new life there, before the storm struck. By old wind's grace. I washed ashore on Ranta. Me and my darling. At this, Akira stepped into view. She came to Vostri's side and embraced her. Vostri wrapped one arm around her, giving her a tight squeeze. When we lost Andra, it was nearly too much for my old heart. I had all but accepted she was gone when Linvarian spoke to us. He showed me she was alive. 
and gave me a way to lead her back to us. The frozen river. You're guiding your own future as well. Vostri nodded, giving Akira a pat on her back and sending her off. The girl returned to her desk behind me and resumed painting. Vostri plucked another string and dismissed the specters. She stood directly across from me now, the hearthfire's light deepening her wrinkles into cracks and chasms. She is almost here, Vostri whispered. Just a few more turns in the river, and we'll be a family again. But there's a problem. There's a great big log in the river. That miserable child you're harboring. She's a damn Vonder. She's choking off our future. She's someone's child too, I snapped. Doesn't she deserve her own future? At the cost of everyone else's? No. I will not let some forsaken godchild rob the world of possibility. Yet here you are, playing God yourself with the rivers of time. You think this is what Andra wants? To see her mother torturing people? Her own daughter enslaved to a fright? We... We will be released once our contract is fulfilled. Once when Varian has... When Varian will never release you. He will mine both your souls for every glinting jewel till there's nothing left but cold stone. You'll be husks when Andra finds you. Unrecognizable. Good thing, too, since she'd probably be sick after seeing what you've... My mouth froze. My voice faded into a wheeze. Vostri gripped my face with her fingers, surprisingly strong for being so withered. Behind me, Akira gasped, and her painting tumbled. The canvas landed at my feet. In my periphery, I could see it. An unfinished portrait of the interior of the shack. The fresh paint, disturbed by the fall, had swirled and begun to dribble onto the floor. Vostri shook my face, forcing me to meet her eyes. Her voice was like threadbare strings snapping on an instrument. Dare speak to me about family, boy. Not when your own father lies to you. Had she not used her magic, those words would have frozen me solid. She's lying, I thought at first. She has to be. It's like Akira in the swamp, pretending to be as old. But the river... The thought teased at a knot in my mind, threatening to unravel everything. She's seen my streams, my futures. What else has she seen? As if in response, Vostri released her grip and returned to her seat. Calmly taking another sip of tea, she repositioned the pipa in her hands, 
fingers gliding delicately atop the strings. Now then, all we need is for you to lead us to sanctuary. I simply need to follow your strings until I find one that shows us a way inside. It will take some time. I must follow every string to the end, you see. It may take you through dozens, perhaps hundreds of potential lives. Oh, so many choices, so many regrets, so much grief you're about to experience firsthand. Do try not to have a breakdown, hmm? Not that it will stop me, but working with a broken mind is so much more troublesome. The cord sprang from her fingers. My last sight before the river swept me up was the painting on the ground. As the paint swirled on the floor, so too did the floor itself. The walls, the hearth fire, even Vostri and Akira became like bleeding paint. The world around me became a canvas upon which thousands of images flashed. Scenes from lives I hadn't yet lived. Weightless and frozen, I drifted through them. A thousand journeys. And endings. I sailed with the salamanders and discovered new worlds. I died in the blood pits of Riduma. I taught a new generation of kindred how to use their power. I was killed by a blind urso. I brokered peace with strange automatons at the bottom of the sea. I got sick with the folly and died alone. Each scene struck my heart like a church bell, deep and resonant. I wanted to scream, to grieve, to honor those lives, but there was no time. As soon as one ended, another came, fast as the rapids. Until finally, the river slowed. We landed on a single stream. Reality congealed around me. We were on Ranta again, at the ferry ponds. My heart hammered. Sanctuary, I remembered. We're moments away. I was still surprised I had my wits about me. Perhaps because this future was so close to the present? Regardless, I soon found I had no control over the events that transpired. Against my will, I moved dreamlike through this potential future. Vostri and the rest of the circle followed me through the rolling hills. Behind me, I could hear the snarling and snapping of some great beast. My father, possessed by his kin. I dared not look at him. I focused my attention forward. The shrine was close. Soon we would meet Ketra's gentlefolk, guarding the entrance to the Shade Refuge. As soon as Vostri finds that entrance, it's over, I thought. But still the music played, wrapping me in the tendrils of its sound. Time and music were intertwined, and there was no fighting the passing of either. Except, when you hear the music, 
don't forget to rest. Kimia's words. Rest. Shifting focus to the music, I listened closely. I was no music expert, but I knew most songs have breaks in their music. Sejuris, where a rest takes place. If Vostri's music is what fuels the river's flow, crested the final hill with the circle. A few more seconds, and Sanctuary's location would be theirs. I shut everything out except the music. The rises, the falls, the way the notes fell on my ears like raindrops. Only one thought played in a loop in my mind. Out. Out. I want out. I will get out. The fairy ponds and the rolling hills shattered around me. An instant later, and I was in the shack again. I had full control of my body. Vostri looked at me, mouth agape, Pipa quivering in her hands. No! I took a step forward. The river caught me up again, faster this time. Vostri was on to me. We sped down the river. More futures, more deaths. I had children. I fell to my death. I became a king. I became a warlord. Her fingers slipped. I want out! The river vanished, replaced again by the shack. Akira screamed from behind as I leaped over the hearth fire. I lunged for Vostri's pipa. Her fingers screeched desperately across the strings. This time, there was no river. A single stream, but it hit me like a tidal wave. I found myself in a forest in the dead of night. Temperate climate, with ash and blackbark trees. Pillars of obsidian dotted the landscape. Owls hooted, and crash wolves howled in the distance. The crown wood. I'm in wrath. My wonder was halted by a sudden ache in my hands. I gripped my wrist and was stunned to find a wrinkled hand wrapped in a black hempen robe. Reaching up, I felt a long, wiry gray beard draping off a cracked and weathered face. The revelation gave me a sinking feeling in my stomach. Am I about to meet another demise? But that fear was soon eclipsed. As I felt the lines on my face, the sleeve of my robe slipped down, allowing me to see my right forearm, and the mark of the ebon mist emblazoned there. I thought I would die right there from the shock. My breath froze, and my chest spasmed. What is this? I thought wildly. She's dead. How can this be possible in any future? Vondere! A young woman screamed. I spun around, fists clenched. I felt a familiar pulse of force at my right hand. The shadow blade had formed, but without a phantom ring. Then, tearing out of the darkness, came the last person I expected to see. 
pale skin, brimming with light. Two small black horns, bone white hair, blood red eyes. She was older, somewhere in her twenties. But I would recognize the child of doorways anywhere. She approached me, terror in her eyes. Fondere, please! She's found the village. She's after me. I can't run anymore. I can't fight her. I don't know what to do. It's all right, I said. The words just slipped out of my mouth. I embraced her without thinking. Was I being controlled? I, I can't hear the music. How far away? Minutes? Seconds? I don't know. I just ran. The young woman looked up at me. Fondere, if she takes me, I won't be able to control myself. It'll burst out of me, Vondere. It'll kill everything. I don't want it to. Kalian. The name spilled out of me from nowhere. Was this her name? It's all right. This... This was always meant to pass. Find the others. I'll hold her off here. It's time at last. Time for what? I was about to answer, but the sudden mechanical grind from beyond the darkness cut me off. From the tree line, a dozen pinpricks of red light flashed, and I heard the withered moan of some beleaguered creature. Terror took root within me, coiling around my heart. Everything in me wanted to run with her and never stop. Above my head, I heard an owl hoot. I felt the bird take perch on my shoulder. It was black as midnight, with two large golden eyes. They blinked at me, and for some strange reason, I felt suddenly at peace. I smiled at the young woman and patted her shoulder. It's time for my story to end. Kalian embraced me again. She muttered something, but another wail from whatever lurked beyond washed out her voice. Go, now, run, I yelled. The child of doorways took flight. With the black owl on my shoulder, I readied the shadow blade and faced the dozen-eyed beast. Silhouettes of tendrils slithered forth as clockwork churning mingled with ethereal wails. I took deep, steadying breaths, reciting under my breath the only thing I could think of. I am your sword to be wielded. I am your arrow to be aimed. I am your enemy's last breath. I am your phantom in the mist. I am... Another Sejura. Out! I want out! Darkness enveloped me. It was banished a moment later by a familiar hearthfire. I was again facing Vostri of the Circle, my hand inches away from the pipa. Before she could play another note, I seized it. Wrenching it from her hands, I threw Vostri to the ground and backed away. A moment later, something whizzed past my ear and embedded in the wall. 
a crossbow bolt. Akira had armed herself. Do it, child! Foster shouted. Kill him! Igneous! I called. A rumble answered, deep below the floorboards. Before Akira could reload, a pillar of rock smashed through the floor. The hearthfire tumbled, setting the shack ablaze. Akira slammed to the floor. I kicked the crossbow out of her reach. My free hand gripped the choker around Akira's neck. Her fright's focus. Much obliged, I seethed, ripping it off. A screech from behind. Vostri lunged from my back, dagger gleaming in her hand. I recoiled, but she was too fast. I braced myself for the blade. There was another earthly roar, as a sinkhole opened up beneath Vostri's feet. It swallowed her legs, throwing off her strike and trapping her. Like one of Raxo's undead, she clawed and gnashed her teeth at me, full of venom and fury. Akira simply huddled in the corner, weeping. In an instant, I was reminded that she was only a child. I'm sorry, little one, I thought. May you find more worthy adults in your future. As the shack burned, I knelt down and gripped Vostri's face in my hand. We had to leave, I knew that. But one question burned in me, hotter than the flames. The child, Kalian, fully grown and still with her powers, the Ebon Mist reborn, and that twelve-eyed beast in the dark. What future was that? I demanded. The one I just saw. How does that one come to pass? My only answer was a laugh. Wild, full-throated. Malice and despair, only delighting in my confusion. A golden-red curtain of flames framed our tableau. A crying child in the corner. A bitter, beaten old woman. And myself grasping at understanding. Remembering Vostri's warning about my father's lies, dawning slowly to a chilling truth about my mission. The child of doorways had more than one enemy. Echoes of Exeser is written, produced, and performed by Nick Walker. Sound effects courtesy of GarageBand and Freesound.org. Original Pipa music by Xera on Freesound.org. Link, license, and disclaimer in the description. Outro song by Brittany Rea, also known as Music Speak, on SoundCloud. Link in the description. For questions or comments, email me at echoesofexeser at gmail.com.